I'm Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast, Podcast. where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 92. And this week, it's Terry's turn to share something of interest. What have you been listening to this week, Terry? Well, Daisy, I went back to the Jordan Harbinger show Mm -hmm. and found an episode that I thought sounded interesting, sounded like something we might all benefit from. And then as I was listening, I felt very, I don't know, vindicated is the right word, but (laughs) affirmed that things I've been saying for years, that there's actually clinical evidence that it's true. So it was actually a good episode for me to listen to. (laughs) A good self-esteem boost for Terry. (laughs) We like it already. So this was episode number 614, Sean Acor, Leveraging the Happiness Advantage. Mm. And I thought, okay, we all could use some (laughs) talk about happiness. Let's see. Before I even listened to the episode, I then went and watched his TED Talk. He's the author of several books. He has a TED Talk. And his TED Talk was not one that I took a lot away from, but it was so entertaining. Like It was such a well-done TED Talk. So if people have time, I definitely would recommend that. But he spends his time researching and writing about happiness and how happiness comes before success. And so often in our cultures nowadays, we are kind of led to believe that we will be happy when we have success Hmm. and that that's actually not true. We will be more successful when we have happiness. Makes sense. And so this goes back to the whole idea of positive thinking, finding joy, and choosing to be happy. And I know that that's something that so many of us struggle with, that it doesn't feel like a choice. So- I thought, again, this would be an interesting podcast. So throughout the podcast, he talks about different research. He's done different studies with major companies. He works like with the NFL, the National Football League, all these places. I'm not going to remember where he did which study, but they're just interesting studies. One of the examples they shared is that teaching people about happiness changes their outcomes. He defines happiness as basically finding joy in growing toward your potential. Hmm. And so in teaching, in, in one of his studies, one of the groups that they spent time teaching happiness to, they then measured, and the, the cool thing is nowadays, all of these things are measurable. They can measure them, obviously, in like if your productivity, they can measure in how many or how much work you did, but they can measure biomarkers. They can even measure like the sweat on your fingertips (laughs) to show how excitatory something was. So it's, it's really fascinating. But they found that by teaching people about happiness, these people were 31% more productive, had 37% higher sales. I think this was an insurance company were 40% more likely to receive a promotion, lived longer, three times as creative, and intelligence rises just by learning about happiness. I was going to say, so that is just by teaching them about 
these things he teaches. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So really, he talks about it in businesses, industry, happiness is a competitive advantage. Mm. You want your workers to be happy. You want your executives to be happier because all of these benefits. In another research study they did with one of the groups they worked with, they looked at, and I can't, this one may have been another insurance company or something with sales involved. And they decided to look at something different while they were hiring them. And they focused more on optimism rather than industry standard skills. So they hired optimists, even though they scored lower on other standards within their industry. And they found that the top 10% of the most optimistic people outsold the other 90% of the salespeople by 89%. So again, even though they came in with fewer skill sets, less acumen for the tasks at hand, they outsold them by 89%. Hmm. One of the things he talked about is the idea that many of us see that we are limited by external environmental influences. We feel that our happiness is limited because of you know, our work, our home, our family, or whatever, our government. And also that we see that we are limited by traits about us, that we're limited by our intelligence or our skills or something like that. Part of his whole line of research really is to help prove that increasing people's positive thinking can change their habits and change their brain. And so you and I have talked a number of times about neuroplasticity. And again, this is something that we've only learned within the past 20 or 30 years, that our brain can change. So he talked again about the fact that we have mirror neurons and that basically these are neurons that reflect in us other people's emotions. So mirror neurons really are responsible for the fact that we have what's called emotional contagion. Mm. So for example, we pick up negativity or anxiety from those people around us. And you hear everyone talk about surrounding yourself with positive people. I was going to say it works the other way around as well, doesn't it? Yep, absolutely. But we can also change our positivity by being around positive influences. And when we choose to change our positive thoughts, we can actually change our brains and have impact on those around us. He talked about sometimes people go into an environment, maybe a work environment, and they want to increase the positivity Maybe there's bad morale or something, and so we want to increase the positivity. He said often people err by trying to reach the most negative person first. Let's change that person. And actually, they said, he said, pick the lower fruit, the lower hanging fruit. Work on the people who are a little more close to where you want them to be. Help them to be happier, more positive, because that will have even more influence mm. on that most negative person. Power in numbers. Absolutely. He talked about in these environments, basically our social script changes. And he talked about a social script, even he used an example of like riding on the subway. 
you learn on certain subways what's accepted. So for example, talked about a certain subway system where you learn, you don't look at anyone, you don't talk to anyone. This can greatly affect our own experience of being in that environment. So they did a study in some hospitals, I think in Louisiana. The hospitals obviously were struggling and they took the customer service training that they had been providing at the Ritz-Carlton, super fancy hotel, top quality customer service. And they took this training and taught it to the people working in the hospital. And just one piece of it really, and they called it the 10-5 way. And what that means is when you pass someone in the hall, if you're within 10 feet, you smile at them. And if you're within five feet, you say hello. And what they found is that their patients had increased patient visits. They followed through on their visits. They were more likely to refer other people to this specific hospital. And even the doctors were happier in their time at these hospitals. So again, something as simple as looking at people and smiling and saying hello changed the social script in that hospital. Mm, can believe it. Also looked at the influence of people's emotionality on those around them. And it wasn't just positive people have positive influence, negative people have negative influence. What they also found is that the ones who were most verbally expressive of this emotion change the social script the most. So if you're super introverted, but very positive, optimistic, but don't share it, you don't have as much influence. So it's the more verbal people sharing their negativity or their positivity that have the greater impact. So he then talked a little bit about why he does the research he does and just talking about the idea that so many of us, again, have thought that success comes first and then we'll be happy. And a lot of his research has been done on Wall Street. And he began his research at Harvard and he was working with Harvard students. And his theory was, if you got into Harvard, you should be so happy to be there, so relieved that you got in that you would be happier. But what he found is that they actually weren't because once you reach success, your brain changes the measure of success. So if you do a personal best in a race, rather than just seeing that as success and being happier, mm -hmm. your brain switches now what's required. Now you need to do better than that. And so people who base their, I'll be happy when I reach that success it's a moving target and you never get to experience it. He used an example of Oprah Winfrey and in his interview and time with her found out that at the height of her career, when she was most successful is when she experienced the highest level of depression. Interesting. So really emphasizing this importance of choosing happiness, which will lead to success. They found that if people work towards success for the rest of their life, their happiness flatlines. But if they work on increasing positive thinking and happiness now, their success rises dramatically. So it's choosing happiness now before I get to that success. Mm. He used an example, even people who are, let's say they move to Hollywood looking for a role on TV or a big part 
or looking to find a girlfriend. If they choose to be happier now, their likelihood of getting that job or finding that relationship increased. So how does this help us all to know this? He talked about habits and changing our habits can change our experience of happiness. And he said, you know, the global habit that we've been able to institute is brushing our teeth. But we kind of got that one wrong because the dentist would rather have us floss our teeth than brush. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the global habit. And he said what his research group has really found is that if we can add a two-minute habit every day that we can see biomarker changers, we can experience happiness leading to more success. And he came up with five of them. Now, obviously, you can do just one each day. He does all five each day and experiences quite a bit of positive influence from that. So the first one is to think of three new things that you are grateful for. And you have talked about doing a gratitude journal. And so again, this just to me shows more evidence of the impact that this has. But in this test, he said the important thing is it has to be new things. So if every day I say, I'm grateful for my health, I'm grateful for the sunshine, and I'm grateful for people, it does not have the same effect. It's new things. And if you do this for even 21 days, they've tested people who came out on a measure of being pessimist. In 21 days, they had switched over to being on the optimist range of the scoring. He then talked about the next strategy, which he called the doubler. And that is to focus on one positive experience and write down every detail you can think of that experience. Because what you're doing is you're training your brain to be in that moment so detailed, your brain, again, doesn't know the difference whether it's actually happening or if you're thinking about it. So you're bringing up that positive and giving all of those details. So we used an example of a study they did with people with neuromuscular disease, and they had them journal about positive experiences. And they did this for six weeks. And in six months' time, they had to reduce the pain medications by 50%. Wow. The next strategy is 15 minutes of fun cardio (laughs) is the equivalence of taking an antidepressant every day for six months. And for the next two years, a 30% lower relapse rate. And he said, you know, oftentimes people think this is because of endorphins when we exercise. And he said, it's not really the endorphins, but it's that this exercise works as kind of a starter drug. So people believe that their behavior matters, which means they keep engaging in other behaviors that matter. It it grows. And he said that people who do this in the morning are better at dealing with their inbox later in the day. So you can see immediate (laughs) results. The next one is meditation. Two minutes a day. It does not have to be a complicated meditation. In this study, what they did is they had people at work in an office just take their fingers off their keyboard for two minutes a day and just watch their breath, you know, slowing down their breath for two minutes. 
their accuracy rate went up by 10%, their happiness level went up, and the stress level of people around them who were not even participating in the study went down. Wow. Hmm. Two minutes a day. And then the final strategy I thought was really interesting. First thing in the morning when people get to the office or sit down to their desk, they take two minutes to write an email to praise or thank someone. And it could be anyone. He said that after three days, you're addicted to this because all day you're thinking about how good that felt. 21 days in, your social connection, your scores on a social connection measure increases significantly. And social connection is not only the greatest predictor of happiness, but it is as predictive as how long you will live as smoking, obesity, and high blood pressure. So if by doing a two-minute email, you can increase your social connectedness, you're having so much impact on health outcomes even. And then to wrap up, they talked about things like when we are happier, our immune system improves, our cells rebuild faster, and we live longer. So definitely something worth reaching toward, working on, choosing. And the idea that these strategies also help to activate the parasympathetic nervous system that you and I have talked quite a bit about, our calming nervous system. And they finished up the episode really talking about stress. And many people focus on stressors in their lives and that this is what prevents them from being happy and this is what prevents them from being successful. He said that only 10% of happiness is actually based on our external environment. And he talked about how stress management programs talk to you about all of the diseases and all of the negative effects of this stress. But what they don't tell you is that high levels of stress also create meaningful situations. And I remember talking some about this from Kelly McGonigal's book, Mm -hmm. The Upside of Stress. But a high level of stress creates our body's focus, gets us doing things, achieving things, and it creates meaning. And even though when you got through it, it was stressful, it helps to enhance a meaning from it, which mitigates our stress responses. When people focus on the meaningfulness of a situation, all of their biomarkers related to stress are decreased. And those who actually perceive the stressful situation as something that can enhance their lives have a 23% drop in negative health consequences. So learning to choose happiness, implementing these five little strategies, even one of them a day, can have so much impact for obviously our happiness levels, our social connectedness, but also our health biomarkers, our longevity. I think it's worth giving these two minutes a try. Mm. Wow. Yeah, there's so much there. And like you say, I mean, everything's just a big tick, isn't it? Yeah, these are all worthwhile doing. And it's surprising that every company out there doesn't harness these statistics that you mentioned Mm. at the beginning about just 
teaching people about these things as an improvement. You know, I mean, that seems an absolute no-brainer to me. This whole idea of choosing to be happy where you are with the journey, with the progress part, rather than pinning it all on the goal at the end. It made me think of, and I think it was when, I'm, I'm struggling to remember how the example came up, but I think it was when they were doing these happiness studies in the UK. You know, there are all these statistics about particularly certain groups of people, more elderly people being lonely and unhappy. And I think, you know, what potentially we could do about this. But one of the stories that came out of it, which very much supports what you're saying, was some chap, I think in India, I think he had um, a taxi service, something like a, a little tuk-tuk or something like that. And by most of are, and I'm saying are in quotation marks, in a generally more wealthy society, our standards, his daily income was tiny. He worked incredibly long hours. He worked incredibly hard. I'm not sure how much time he had off a week, but it wasn't very much. But he was sort of heralded as one of the happiest people in the world because he was he saw the joy in what he had. He got the joy from his family, from the time he got to spend with his family. And he went to work every day to this hard job that didn't bring in too much money. Happy every day. He was a happy guy. You know, so it a lot of it really does depend on how you look at it. But switching away from that goal, that target, because like you say, it's always a moving target. There's mm -hmm. as soon as you get it, you want something else. If that's what you're basing your happiness on, it's, you know, it's always going to be moving. It's always going to be changing. And so you're never going to be happy other than maybe in those few tiny little moments that you actually yeah you actually have it. So it really reiterates that whole idea. And I know this is overstated, but rather than chasing happiness, choose happiness. Mm. Be in it now because that builds more and it does build success actually versus continuing to chase it and think, I'll be happy when I get here. Mm. I'll be happy when I achieve this. Yeah, absolutely. And I love these little habits and um, of course, I'm going to be absolutely boring in using my stock example of my morning routine. But it did just really make me think about it because as you were talking, as you were going through the different steps, I was thinking, yes, you know, that happens. And, and it varies depending on the day. So yesterday, for example, was one of those perfect days as I walked down to the beach, the sun was shining and I got there and the sea was calm. And so it was just that immediate gratitude. Oh, I am so grateful I get to do this. And this is a fantastic day. I cannot wait to get in the water. The sun is shining. This is just perfection. You know, so straight away, I was happy in the moment. I've taken to taking a picture every day from the same position. 
Uh, I had been doing this for a while, actually, and was thinking, you know, I'd do something with the pictures and I wanted to compare them all in like a grid format. Then it suddenly came to me, duh, stupid, Instagram will do that for you and you can do it as a small thing every day rather than collect this huge file of photos that you'll end up never doing anything with. So we've got that reliving the joy of the moment when I come to crop the photo and put it on Instagram. So that's another tick. The 15 minutes of fun cardio, that probably gets a tick. Uh, what else? The meditation and the, the breathing, probably a little bit in the relaxation afterwards. Um, and this this idea of the social connection from um, a bit later or a bit earlier, that thing you were talking about, the 10-5 way. And that was a particular thing that happened yesterday it was just one of those days when I kept bumping into people, either that I knew to say hello to. There was a woman I hadn't seen before who had a Patenko. So, of course, I had to stop and talk to her and engage with her, which involves smiles and, you know, all the rest of it. So yesterday, even though it wasn't a great day from the point of view I had a headache didn't feel very well from that point of view lost half a day productivity wise um, because of that headache you know that day felt really good mm -hmm. compared to this day which it wasn't bad at all but had a different experience in the morning you know the sun wasn't shining it wasn't quite as perfect you see what I mean it's just mm -hmm. a subtle shift makes such a difference but always just looking for that especially I think that gratitude and looking for things to be grateful for and mm -hmm. I really liked that having to look for new things as well because mm -hmm. it's it's more and more challenging but this is what I found the first time I did that gratitude journal challenge was that it does change you especially if you start off a little bit as a pessimistic type person it does change you because you have to start looking for the things to write in your journal at the end of the day or the beginning of the next day whatever it is it trains you to start looking so that automatically reframes how you're viewing the world because you're looking okay. for those things to be grateful for. So yes, all these things make sense. Perfect. And he actually does recommend with that strategy that you do it at night because it helps your brain in how it then processes your memories from the day. Mm, good point. You've yeah. already kind of set up a filing system of positive things that you're looking at. Not that it's an, not a positive thing to do if you do it in the morning, but there's some added benefit to doing it at night for how it helps the brain arrange your memories. And talk about a perfect, quick and easy thing to do while you're brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. Think of three new things that you're grateful for in that short period of time where you're brushing your teeth before you go to bed. You go to bed with that up lifted frame of mind absolutely perfect i love it i will definitely be implementing even more of these things right. again i feel some validation again once again for my mm -hmm. daily routine there we go <laughs> so very i shall good. keep doing more of that but add a few things on very good thank you for sharing love it
And I hope everyone at home will take some of these things and run with them too. Because like you say, who doesn't want to leverage that happiness advantage? Absolutely. Have a great week, everybody. Have a very happy week. Bye.